in the name of Jesus. And we lift up, O oh God, your, your son and your daughter before you in the name of Jesus. We ask that you would strengthen them, minister to them, open for them doors that they would never have dreamed of in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. We speak blessing, 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 blessing and strengthening on them, strengthening and renewal of their youth in the name of Jesus. So we give you thanks, we give you honor, and we give you glory because in Jesus' name we decree and declare. Amen. Good morning. morning. How are you all doing this morning? Good, good. Uh, Some of you I haven't, I don't remember seeing some of you before. For those of you who are here for the first time this weekend or listening to us minister, me and my wife, I would just like to say and put emphasis on what what we talked about in the beginning. Let us focus on the Lord. Let us focus on Jesus. Let's not focus on the prophetic or the gift of the prophetic, which is a beautiful gift. But let's focus on the giver. Okay? Let's keep our hearts focused on him. It was, uh, you know, when we were reading the declaration, I would like to tell you a short story. When I heard that the first time in one of the churches in Iceland, if I'm to be honest, I said to myself, Lord, these people are nuts. Can you hear them? Can you hear what they're saying? <laughs> this is ridiculous. That's what I thought. That's what I said. But you know, the Lord is so funny sometimes. This was on a Sunday. On Monday morning, I was called into the office of my boss, and he said, I'm going to give you a $750 bonus this month. And I had just been making fun of the declaration the day before <laughs> about re- receiving bonuses. So who was making fun of who that day? I repented very, very quickly when the Lord showed me that what we say with what, we, what comes out of our mouth means something, means something. And uh, yeah, so I, to be honest, I was ashamed of myself and I really needed to repent. But that was then and we're here now. So I, I really, really enjoy reading that declaration when I see it. You know, sometimes we, uh, uh, when we are walking with the Lord, one of the greatest things that, uh, that uh, he has said, in my opinion, is that he calls us friends. Isn't that amazing to be called a friend by God himself? to be called a friend by Jesus Christ. The creator of the universe calls me his friend. Isn't that amazing? But sometimes we feel, or at least I do, and I know a few people back in Iceland that feel that way. It's probably never not here in, in the States. But sometimes we feel abandoned nevertheless. We feel that, Lord, why are you not with me? Why do I feel that I'm alone even though I'm a born-again Christian? I pray and all of that, and, but still I feel sometimes that you're not with me. I do that sometimes, and that's when I start basing my faith on my feelings. 
my feelings have nothing to do with who God is. It has nothing to do with the truth of the Word of God. But feelings, we all have feelings, and uh, there is no feeling that is right, and there is no feeling that is wrong. Feelings just are. They are there, and we, I cannot tell you this feeling is right and this feeling is wrong. They just are there. And, uh, you know, the Word of God says, let me put on my glasses. My wife always uses the, the big fonts. I use the small ones. It says in Isaiah 41.10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, this is God himself speaking to Isaiah. This is amazing that God promises this. And even Jesus says it. It's in many, many verses in the Bible talk about this. And in Matthew 28, 20, Jesus says in the Great Commission, he says at the end of the Great Commission, he says, teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And I, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the ages. Amen. That's what the Lord says in his word. But like I said, sometimes I feel and some of us feel that he's not with us. I, I remember, I think it was the middle of last year or something like that when I was in my bedroom back in Canada, feeling sorry for myself, weeping on the inside because I felt so sorry. Oh God, why have you forsaken me? I don't feel that you're with me. I don't feel that you're walking with me. Uh, only men can do this. They can only do, be like this. The ladies know that. And I was feeling really sorry for myself because I felt that God had forsaken me. He wasn't there. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of my bedroom, a cloud appeared. A really small one. It was like a size of a baseball or something. And it started moving around. And then another one, and another one, and another one. And I could even touch them, and they felt like silk. They were more, not like silk, they were even, even more beautiful and more very, very, yeah, sensation I've never felt before in my life. And then a bigger cloud appeared in front of me. And in that cloud was a man who was turning his back at me. And I knew it was Jesus. And uh, then he turned around in that cloud, and he walked towards me and hugged me. And... Uh, that's how I met him the first time. He physically hugged me when I got saved, when I met him for the first time. But then I realized that what I had been experiencing in my feelings, in my soul, our feelings are in, my, in our souls, I had been experiencing that he had turned his back on me. So he was showing me, Thrawen, this is what you have been experiencing. And then he turned around Throwing this is reality. This is reality when you walk with me. And then he came and hugged me. So I had a visitation where the Lord came to show me the difference between walking in feeling and what is right and what is the truth. He will never, ever forsake you. Never. No matter what is going on, no matter how you feel, I believe that most of us 
during the walking life, we have these ups and downs, and sometimes we feel abandoned. We feel abandoned by our friends, even by our spouse, by our family. We can all feel that, or many of us have felt that at one point or another in our life. But let us never be ruled by our feelings. Let, our ne let us never be ruled by our feelings. And always remember that the Lord Jesus Christ himself calls you his friend. He calls you a friend. So for me, it was a, it was a, a big revelation and got me thinking, what kind of a friend am I to the Lord? Am I a good friend? What kind of friend am I? So, you know, loving him is the most beautiful thing you can ever, ever have in life, is loving the Lord Jesus Christ. It's one of the most beautiful things that you can have, and he is, he is, he is the love of my life. And, uh, you know, I sometimes say that uh, if you love someone truly, if you love your friend truly, you must love his children. If a man loves a woman and that woman has a child from a previous relationship and the man does not love that child, which is part of that woman, the child, how can he say that he loves that woman? What kind of love is that? Is that true love? How can I say that I love my best friend, Jesus Christ, but I don't love his children? How can I say that? What kind of love is that? The Bible says we are supposed to love everyone. The Bible doesn't say that we have to like everyone, but we're supposed to love everyone, right? So who am I to say to the Lord Jesus Christ, I love you, Jesus. But I don't love this people group or that people group. The Bible says that everyone who received him, he gave the right to be called children of God. But those who did not receive him, they are still his creation. Because he created everyone who's walking this earth and he gave everyone free will. So whether they receive him or not, they are still his creation. So who am I to talk ill about anyone? I sometimes do it. I catch myself sometimes doing it because I'm only human. And uh, I'm like Paul in a sense that when Paul said, I don't do what I want to do and sometimes I do what I do not want to do, I'm no different. <laughs> But I try to be quick to repent. So it's like, you know, his creation. Let, let me put it another way. Try to put it another way. Maybe I've said this before in this church. I don't know, but I'm going to say it again anyway. <laughs> if this TV screen was a beautiful painting and you were standing by my side here and we were looking at this painting... And I would say to you, boy, this is an ugly painting. How ugly can a painting be? I wonder who painted this. It must have been a two-year-old or something. This is horrible. 
but you are the painter. He painted this painting. How do you think he would feel? What if I was that painting and I stood in front of the mirror and I would say to myself, boy, you're a failure. You're ugly, you're worthless, you're nothing. Who created me? My Lord Jesus Christ created me. How do you think he feels when I speak like that about myself? His creation. If you think the painter of that painting feels bad when I talk like that, how do you think the creator of man feels like I talk like, if I would talk like that about someone else? He hurts. Because I am belittling his creation. For me, it's really serious how I talk. If I love Jesus Christ, guard my tongue. Watch what I say. And be a good friend to my best friend. I hope you get what I'm saying. And I'm talking about myself. I'm not talking about you guys. I know there's no one in this room that does this. I know. I'm talking about myself. Amen? And you know, it's, it's so beautiful. He talks about us as his friends. And in John 3, verse 29, it says, He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy, is, this joy of mine is fulfilled. This is John. John the Baptist speaking about the bridegroom, about Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, John and Jesus had a very special relationship. If we read further on in Luke 1, verse 41, when Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mother, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, met and it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was, fi was filled with the Holy Spirit. Even before they were born, there was created a special bond between the two of them. Between the two of them. And, they got, and she got filled with the Holy Spirit just by the greeting, just by the presence of Jesus in his mother's womb. This is how, you know, Shortly after I got saved, I had been saved maybe for, I don't know how long, less than a year. I have seven, I, I am one of seven brothers. I have six brothers. And uh, my oldest brother died in an accident just after I got saved. And uh, I was really, really devastated. And it was, it was a blow for me, of course. How can this happen? And, uh, but he himself had just gotten saved a week earlier before he died in an accident. And uh, during his funeral, when uh, we, the brothers and our wives and the widow and the children of my, of my late brother was sitting in front, and uh, the coffin of my brother in front of us, one of my brothers said, he said, Trauen, during the funeral service, I was crying and crying, we all were crying, and, and he said, I just said to him, he was recently saved himself because the biggest part of my family got saved through his death. Uh, 
or because of his death. And uh, as a result of his death, would probably be the right thing to say. But he said, I just, I, I, I said to the Lord, I can't do anymore. I, I can't take this anymore. I'm, I'm, the grief and the sorrow is so, so big. And please help me, Lord. And he said, he had, was just recently saved. He said, I could hear something in my stomach. A voice. And then it came up, up my esophagus and my mouth opened and I started speaking in tongues. And he said, I just grabbed my mouth. I started speaking in tongues in my brother's funeral. Because I said to the Lord, I can't take this anymore. Please help me. And he said, a huge thing lifted off me, but the grief was still there and I kept on, kept on crying. But that's how the Lord answered him in this situation. He filled him with the Holy Spirit in his brother's funeral. That's my Jesus. That's our Jesus. Like Elizabeth got filled with the Holy Spirit when they came together, Mary and Elizabeth, in the same way, he touched my brother. And that, at that point, so... He never, ever leaves us. He never, ever forsakes us, no matter what. No matter what. And um, he also talks about friendship. He keeps on talking about friendship like in John 15, in verse 13 and 14. It says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's lives for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. If you do whatever I command you. Not everyone is called to stand in the pulpit. Not everyone is called to travel or do this or do that. Let us never look with small eyes upon ourselves like, uh, like Paul says to Timothy. It doesn't matter what he calls you to do. There is this place... And there is need for everyone in the kingdom of God. And there is no one above anyone else in the kingdom of God. You know, I still do not understand why God chose me to carry the gift that I carry. I have no idea why. But it was his choice. Isabel and I, we are just regular people like you. We are nothing special in the kingdom of God. Not at all. Please never look at us that way, that we are something special. Because we carry a gift that God gave. The Bible says that God has no favorites. So the moment we start living our faith through other people, we are not in the right place. I used to do that. I just looked at my pastor when I got saved. I looked at my pastor and, wow, I want to be like him. Wow, I hope that one day I can be as godly as he was. But then he fell. And in a sense, part of my faith crumbled because of that, because I put myself in the wrong place in that sense. I was looking at God through other people. We should honor each other. And we should acknowledge when... Uh, our brothers and sisters are doing well. That's not what I'm saying. That we sh I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that, but we, of course we should do that. 
<coughs> and uh, in uh, John 15, 15, he says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called your, you friends for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. So he calls us friends over and over and over again, the Lord. And this beautiful young man, Jesus Christ, calls us his friends. Let us not forget, and please do not misunderstand me, Jesus is fully God. But Jesus was fully man as well when he walked on this earth. So let us never forget that he was a man, fully man, at the same time he's fully God. And this young man, around 30, 33 years old, who never did anything wrong, who never hurt anyone, who never sinned, the way he was treated, if you look at it from a human perspective, a man being lied to, cheated, Betrayed, arrested, tortured. For what? He didn't do anything wrong. This young man he allowed them because he is God, he didn't have to allow them, or he he didn't need to allow them. He allowed them to torture him. And I bet it was more than 24 hours that he didn't sleep before he was crucified. So this young man, what he went through, I know about myself, if I don't sleep for 24 hours, I get really, really grumpy. I don't know about you, but he not only didn't sleep, but he was tortured severely. And then they thought they had killed him, but they didn't kill him. He gave his life. Let us be clear on that. Nobody killed Jesus Christ. Nobody took his life. He gave his life. And we see that because his legs were not broken on the cross, which they always did to everyone they crucified, so they couldn't breathe after their legs were broken, but his legs were not broken because he had already given up his life before that needed to be done. So they tortured him, they put him on the cross, the most dreadful, excruciating death any man can go through. That's what this young man did, allowed them to do. So as a man on that cross, when he was dying, the rob- one of the robbers asked him to forgive him, and he said, yes. Today you will be with me in paradise. After having been mocked by them. So sometimes I'm trying to wrap my head around it from that human perspective. Because we often tend to not see him as a human, but only as God when he walked the earth. So this beautiful, young, innocent man, who is my God and my Lord and my Savior, he calls me a friend. And he never, ever abandons me. So I would today like to encourage all of us to uh, never be dismayed 
If you feel lonely, if you feel abandoned, remember who he is. Remember what he has said. And remember, his word is the truth. Never, ever give up. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, never, ever give up and lean on him always. Things may not look good sometimes. Things may not seem to be going to be okay, but they always will. The timing of the Lord is perfect, and he will always take you and I through whatever it is in life as long as we lean on him. Sometimes it can be difficult to understand why he is doing things this way or that way. Uh, you know, there's something called tough love, isn't it? There's something called tough love. And, uh, you know, let me, let, let me illustrate that with a, with a story. There once was a young boy. And the, every, it, this was in Iceland. Every New Year's Eve in Iceland, we had bonfires all over the place. And that young, young boy, he went with his father and his brothers to one of the bonfires, and we have loads of fire, fireworks. You should ask Isabel when she saw the New Year's Eve fireworks in Iceland for the first time. She thought she was going to marry a crazy person. <laughs> but we have loads of fireworks. And this young boy <clears throat> went with his father and his brothers to one of the bonfires, and he was holding a flare, really, really beautiful flare, admiring it, and it was so beautiful, all kinds of colors and everything. And then all of a sudden, his father hit him in the hand very hard, just slammed his hand, and his, and his flare fell to the ground. And that little boy was devastated. He started crying, crying, crying. How can you do this to me, Dad? What have I done to deserve this? How could you ruin my joy. And when they came home, this little boy kept on crying and went to his mommy and told her and complained and he didn't understand and, and he was just devastated. How a father can treat a child like that. And uh, that little boy was me, actually. This was me. And I, I, I didn't understand this, but Probably around 30 years later, I myself was standing in the same spot. This was close to my, my childhood home. I was standing in the same spot with two of my children watching the bonfire, having our fireworks and, and so forth and so forth. And then I saw a young girl, probably 10 years old, 9 years old or something. She was holding a big flare that was shooting, you know, these fireballs coming out of it enjoying herself. She was alone. And all of a sudden, she lost her grip, and it turned around, went into her sweater, and emptied itself into her torso. And I watched this, and my children watched this, and I can still hear the scream of the child today. Her parents are nowhere to be seen. Then I understood completely what my father did. By slamming my hand... He was showing me his love because he was protecting me from bur being burned by that flare. I, as a child, did not know that I was just about to be burned because I was so involved enjoying it. But because 
of the love my father had for me, he hit me in the hand. Then I understood when the Lord let me see this horrible accident happen in front of my eyes 30 years later what tough love is. That's what tough love is. We do not always understand, but sometimes when I ask the Lord, why, why, why are you not answering me the way I want to be answered? Why, why, why do I have to wait? Why, why, why did you answer me in a different way? It's because he loves us. It's because he knows what, be what is best for us. That's why. You know, let me finish with this, another story. I love telling stories. I'm like my wife. I love telling stories about the goodness of God. I once was asking for something. I don't even remember what it was. And I was whining and whining. Oh, Lord, why am I waiting? Why isn't this happening? Why, doesn't, why don't you do it the way I want you to do it? And yari, yari, yari. And then he showed me a vision. I saw God making a cake. He was holding a bowl and stirring the dough in the bowl. And I was a little child watching him. And uh, he said to me, Trauen, I am, this is your prayer answer. I'm making you a beautiful chocolate cake because I know you love chocolate cake. And I look, yeah, yeah. But I couldn't wait. And in the vision, I reached out my hand into that bowl and took a scoop of the chocolate cream he was making and ate it before it was ready. And then I got spiritual diarrhea. My tummy started really, really hurting, and I got diarrhea in the vision because of that. And then I understood this is what happens when I try to force a prayer answer. This is what happens when I don't give him room, so to speak. Of course, he doesn't need me in any way. Don't misunderstand me. This is when I try to interfere with the prayer answers and helping him to answer me the way I want to be answered. Eventually, I get hurt because of my own actions. So let us not reach out and eat from the bowl of the chocolate cream that he's making for you until it's ready because he just has the best things for us. So, never forget, he loves you. He will never forsake you, no matter what is going on. Be patient. Wait on him. Dwell in him. Never, ever give up, no matter what happens. Never, ever give up. We may feel a strong wind in our face, opposition. We may be hit by huge waves from the ocean of life sometimes. But never forget, he is our protection and he will get us through. Do not give up, no matter what. For we have the best friend in the world, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So, does anyone want a prophecy? I'm, I'm kidding. This is one of my five-cent jokes. Yeah. So, we're going to do some prophetic ministry.
my beautiful wife is going to be with me, I assume. So, or do you want to add to this, honey? Do you want to add to it or pray, corporate prayer or something? No, no. I. So let me just pray for you before we start ministering. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you call us your friend. And Father, I thank you that you are always with us and that you never, ever forsake us. And Father, I just decree a shift in the atmosphere that we may understand. Send us the spirit of revelation, Lord, and reveal to us who you truly are, Lord, in Jesus' name. And let us understand your friendship and your love. Help us, Lord, to walk in that knowledge and that revelation of your friendship and your love for us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, let each and every person in this room, Lord, be visited by the spirit of revelation to reveal to us who you truly are and how deeply, deeply you love us. Please, Lord, visit us. And let us experience your love like never before. In Jesus' name, amen.